So the last great day is actually the goal of all the other holy days because God wants everyone to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish. Uh, for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only son. So everything is about saving mankind. You know, Christ coming is the Passover. You know, mankind isn't here so Christ can be the Passover. Christ is the Passover so our sins can be passed over and we can be saved. Christ is resurrected to show us the way. You know, he, he's resurrected and became God. Well, he was already God. So, you know, he's there showing us the way. He's a forerunner. He's the captain of our salvation. He's the firstborn from the dead. <clears throat> so all that is about saving mankind. Now there's an early harvest, the barley harvest, which is pictured with the Feast of First Fruits, which modern Christianity calls Pentecost, because that's the day it's on, count 50 days. But the feast day, Pentecost, is actually Feast of the First Fruits. That means there's second fruits, there's other fruits, which is the last great day, this great harvest that's not in the spring, but is in the fall, and is a lot, a lot larger. So just like there was an Adam, and there's an Eve, and then all mankind came from them, Jesus is the second Adam, and he has a bride. And that bride is the church. And so Christ is the first fruit, but the church is the first fruits. And <clears throat> that barley harvest, pictured that. So Christ in the book of Revelation, it shows him picture, I think it's either Revelation 14 or 15, and it shows him reaping the harvest, reaping the first fruits, and that's his church, and, that, and he marries the church. Now, why is that important? Well, the church isn't just called for their own salvation. They are, their job is to be with Christ and rule and reign as kings and priests over the nations. In other words, their purpose is to prepare for the last great day when everybody gets an opportunity at salvation. So every holy day is, is geared toward the last great day, that great day of the feast that Jesus preached about in John 7 when he said, if any man wants to, he can come to me. But yet a verse, actually a chapter before that, he said, no man can come to me unless the Father draws him. So you've got a contradiction there. Well, the difference is he was preaching meat in due season. He was saying, no, the last great day, anybody that wants to can come to me. And that's, that's you know, when, when people who have never even heard of God, never heard of Jesus, never been raised a Buddhist, you know, or whatever, lived up in, Af you know, out in Africa or up in the uh, Antarctic or, or whatever. They get their opportunity for salvation. So Christ coming back as king of kings and taking over the world, that's with the last great day in mind. Uh, Christ kicking the devil out, the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, 
uh, the one that's deceived the nations, kicking him out, which occurs on Day of Atonement, when the Revelation 20, verse 4, the angel, or verse 1, the angel comes down and grabs the devil and, and leads him off and, and is bound for a thousand years. That's, that's all to set up the last great day. So the last great day is the most important day of all. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus being the Passover was the most important day. You know what? If there was no last great day, you wouldn't need Jesus to be the Passover. He would have remained the Word, and he wouldn't have had to become flesh and, and live a sinless life and be sacrificed, because he did that for the last great day to save mankind. So the Passover isn't the most important day. The most important day is the whole goal of everything, which is to save mankind. The church, we're called to be kings and priests under Jesus. We're called to rule over cities. We are the, the voice, it says, that you'll hear behind you saying, this is the way, walk you in it. We will be teachers. Christ said to the apostles, you'll sit on the 12 tribes, you'll, you'll rule over the 12 tribes of Israel. So everything is about the last great day. And yet when you preach to people and say, there's a time that, some, that, that you won't have to die for the sins of someone else. You say, what do you mean? Well, right now, if you don't know about God, is that your fault? Did, did your parents teach you? Or did somebody spend money and buy a boat or something instead of giving it to a church who then sent the missionary there? Or the missionary got a flat tire and you died without knowing Jesus? And, and so... I mean, it's not your fault. You have to be presented with this information, and that's the new covenant, where God says, I will teach you. I will write the law in your heart. Well, he brings people back to a physical life, unlike the first resurrection, where the church who's going to train with Jesus, they're resurrected like Christ. That's why he appeared. He said, yeah, fill my body, put your hand in here. A spirit doesn't, you know, this, this is what it's like because it says that we will be like him and we will see him as he is. And the second death, Revelation 20, has no power because you're resurrected to eternal life. For what reason? Because we're special? No, because we're gonna be training with him and helping save the world. Now, those people who didn't know about God will be resurrected in the last great day and then for the very first time and a great great example of it it happens to the whole world but there's a particular verse that addresses israel that was lost and it's ezekiel 37 it says that they were resurrected to a physical body bones and bones to bones and then flesh and then they, they have their opportunity. The only, it's not a second chance. They never had a first chance. There were people that came to Christ about things and Christ ran them off. He said, that's not for you to know the, the secrets of the kingdom. And the disciples go, Lord, why are you talking in parables? We don't even know what you're talking about. He goes, well, it's because they might understand and be converted. It wasn't time. 
wasn't time. So the last great day is by far the most important day. Everything is building to the last great day. Getting rid of the devil, Jesus being your Passover, calling church for helpers, setting up the millennium so you've got a thousand years where Israel can actually fulfill their responsibility. Why? Because they have leaders that won't die. They have Jesus as the high priest. You don't have to worry about him falling away. I mean, how good did the first real priest do? Well, guess who he was? He was Aaron. And, you know, the people went, we want to go back to Egypt. And Aaron goes, oh, okay, well, let's go make a golden calf. I mean, he totally messed up. So the better promises in the new covenant are not eternal life or, or contact with God or God's spirit. If that were true, then what about Abraham? Abraham didn't have God's spirit. David didn't have God's spirit. Well, of course they did. The better promises are what the new covenant talks about in, in Jeremiah 31, where the Israelites said, you know, this covenant, the fathers eat the sour grapes and the children pay the price. Their children's teeth are set on edge. They get the effect. God says, oh, the day's coming, that's not gonna be true. He says, I'm gonna teach and not everybody will have, have, have to teach your neighbor. I'll do it. Well, he's certainly not doing it right now. He'll do it in the resurrection. And then they'll have that opportunity. And the better promises are, and, and where did he write better promises in Hebrews? He's after talking about Jesus being the high priest that can never die, that can be touched with all our infirmities, but yet he was without sin. And he talks about kings and priests that never die because we have been called earlier and then were resurrected. We can't be bribed, we can't be intimidated. And just about the time we learn everything, you know, a person falls over dead at 70 or 80, 90 years old. No, no, we live forever. So better promises are the fact that God is doing the calling and you don't have to worry and, and hope that you get taught by those in charge. The fathers, whether it's your own physical father or whether it's the leadership of the country or the priest or whatever, right now you're dependent upon that. You know what you were taught. But when God intervenes and deals with you directly, then you're under the new covenant. So the vast majority of people are dying. They don't even know who God is. And even if they do, you know, the, the Bible says the devils deceive the whole world. Uh, the first horseman of the apocalypse is somebody that looks like Christ. You know, he's got these this crown and this white horse and a bow. And he goes forward and, and Jesus interpreted that in Matthew 24 when he said, no, that's a false Christ. Many will come in my name saying I'm Christ. If all you got to do is say Christ is Christ to be saved, then you know what? Why would he be a false prophet? No. The same thing that demons believe about Jesus says, yeah, even the demons believe God, you know, Jesus is God, and they tremble, but they don't do anything, they don't change. So, again, it's very important to learn and understand these holy days. And then the devil has done his best to keep the last great day hidden to where you're almost heresy. You're saying, ah, oh, like people even get mad. They're going, you're saying people are going to be saved and have a chance? And they go, gosh, wouldn't you be happy about that? Wouldn't you be happy about that? So it's insane. So anyway, 
just keep your eye on the holy days. It's very, very important. And there's so much that we can learn.